0: Just, he's gotten so much uh, stronger and more explosive. I think he's got to be the number one. I think he's going to have a monster year and possibly be in contention for one of the best uh, defensive tackles in college football.
1: guys, it's Logan, this is another episode of Hear the Spear presented by Noel Game Day. We are finally back from a big break we took from the podcast land, happy to be back. Uh, let me introduce you guys to uh, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer, and Ryan Stalder our co-host.
2: I'm back baby, good to be here, exciting summer, exciting time for Florida State fans, I'm ready to get
1: into it.
0: Yeah, what's up guys, I'm ready to talk some Florida State football, it's almost that time.
1: It's getting close. We're we're nearing the time of hitting pads. I'll go over a few things that we're gonna go over tonight. Uh, we got we're gonna go over a little bit of the fall camp preview, of course, um, offense, defense, uh, and maybe a few guys that might shout show out during the fall camp for us. And then also about the QB comp and you know what we're thinking about that. You know that's the big thing. But first of all, look, before we go into anything, I uh, I want to know. Which which is a bigger question right now? Who's going to be the quarterback for the 2018 season, or if Florida State's going to wear the all black unis against Virginia? Like, <laughs> like, what's the bigger what's the bigger how about, question? How
2: about how many commits we get tomorrow night at SNL?
1: <laughs> I know, That's right? What's
2: I, I handle one thing at a time, and I am I got my eyes set on that.
1: Is that what you're looking at? Wow. Okay, I was, I was just wondering, you know, I'm all about the unis and stuff. Hey, those
2: those black unis versus Virginia Tech,
1: though. That would be dope. We've never seen them at night. We've OG. only seen them, like, what, for a noon game against a really small yeah. opponent? Yeah. yeah. Chattanooga, Yeah. it? Yeah. It Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Wow, yeah. good memory. That's Look at good. that. Look at that. I'm not even don't have it on the <laughs> script or anything. Yeah. Um. All right, let's just get right into the SNL stuff then. All right, so Taggart's. Willie Taggart just introduced a new event that uh, he's working towards and gaining some recruits and bringing them in to Doak around the campus. A lot of guys are actually in right now. We're recording this Friday. We had a few guys drop in Thursday, some big-time recruits that I'm sure you and Dustin will talk about, Ryan. But let's go over a few things about what they're doing. Um, You know, It should be a big event. A lot of the top recruits from the country are sliding in. A lot of guys are flying right now discover a few details about what that's all about
2: all right well i guess i'll first of all i'd like to say that uh some people like take uh, I'm, I'm not sure if, if you guys are familiar with fnl which is florida's event friday night lights a lot of a lot of teams do similar events ohio state also does friday night lights because urban started at florida but i just want to say taggart's is saturday night live not lights and logan said it correctly but he's been doing it um he did it at oregon and he i think he Started it at South Florida. It's been a really successful event for him. Um, it's not just about building relationship. It's r- relationships. Excuse me. It's also about getting commitments. He pushes to close. Uh, last, uh, I looked back to last summer at Oregon because I was just curious because he had a great recruiting uh, class going there before he uh, left for Tallahassee. They pushed for eight commitments, either like the days, a couple days leading up to like a couple weeks after the the wake of the. Saturday Night Live event in Oregon last year was very, very successful.
0: And yeah, not to mention they attracted close to 7,000 fans for uh, Saturday Night Live. And that was big because that was Taggart's first season at Oregon and obviously last. And he's going to have the same opportunity uh, tomorrow, attracting a bunch of Seminole fans out there to keep the recruits hype.
1: Yeah, we'll re- we'll be there. Me and Dustin will be there and mm-hmm. I I'm I'm expecting at least ten thousand. Whenever there's a Saturday during the summer and you're in Tallahassee and there's anything to do with Florida State football, I will give a big bet that they he'll get at least ten thousand, I would I, believe.
2: I don't know how many they're gonna get, but I do remember the spring game thinking, uh, oh, maybe they'll get forty, I know they want fifty, and then I'm getting like sixty five. So I will never yeah. doubt the, the Tallahassee fans after a new exciting.
1: Yeah, uh, It should be, it should be, and I think that, I mean, it's a different time, it's at 4 o'clock on Saturday, which is pretty interesting, it won't be nighttime, but I think they have a lot of events and uh, private dinners and stuff going on afterwards for the recruits, Um, I heard uh, Zach Blostein from uh, 247 said that they're going to drive them around the recruits around the front of the stadium and put them in front of the Unconquered statue and fans will be able to cheer them on or greet them and whatever so that's just something you know really unique and i think a lot of player a lot of recruits are going to dive like dive into that kind of stuff you know they they like getting noticed and getting some attention so i think i think this is a big event and something unique that you don't get to see a lot ever and you know it's kind of not a well-known thing um going around um Let's dive. Let's dive into like some quick things too that's happened uh, since God we haven't recorded in a while. So let's go through. Let's see. Florida State just won the softball national championship. Uh, that was talk about entertaining. That was that was insane. Uh, being able to watch those girls smile and then still win again, even if they're down and all that kind of stuff, it was something really unique to see. And they have a really stacked team coming back next year, so that's something we can look forward to covering. Um, and also big thing this summer, Jameis Winston's just not having a good summer. Uh, he's been suspended three games by the NFL, uh, for not reporting an incident. Uh, he's, he'll miss three big games. Uh, the Bucks are really going to hurt. Starts off at new Orleans against the saints. And then the e- they face the Eagles the next week. And then they face my Steelers the, uh, the third week. So, I mean, they're, They're gonna have a rough schedule there without having Jameis. Uh, It's just, it's a it's an interesting situation. Um, But he's really he's got a son now. We'll see if a lot of uh, things will change with him and how he he still does a lot around the community. And we'll see. It's gonna be interesting down there for Tampa Bay. I don't know if y'all have any thoughts on that or what y'all think about that. Good luck, Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not gonna be that's not gonna be easy whatsoever. But let's get back into the SNL stuff. Um, I want to talk about some of the guys uh, that might be coming in, some unique players, some top targets that me that might be sliding through here at Doak. Anybody big? They'll be coming through.
2: I'm most excited personally about the the two five stars that are coming in for multiple day visits. That's the five star offensive guard from the state of Louisiana. Cardell Thomas, as well as the five-star linebacker from the state of Mississippi, Nakobe Dean. These are big target. These are big visits. One because the offensive line and the linebackers are probably Florida State's two biggest position needs, as they are for 2018. Probably our two worst position groups. So anytime you can get a guy in a multi-day visit like that, they're going to sp- spend a lot of one-on-one time with the coaches and really get to know them, as opposed to like. Just the guys who are coming in for SNL is more of like a hype thing, like build type. see the fans, see the stadium, um, compete with the other people. But those two coming in for multi-day visits, I think launches FSU in a pretty good position with, with both of them. I know this is Dean's first time visiting, and definitely uh, Thomas' also. So if they can lock up officials, I really like not, – I'm not necessarily saying Florida State will lead for either of them after this weekend, but if they can lock up officials and they get to see Doke in the fall after spending four days with the coaches – Personally, there's, it's going to be hard to beat out Florida State for those two kids.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the offensive line, um, another attendee testing out uh, offensive tackle Charles Cross is uh, reportedly close to making a decision, and he's from the state of Mississippi, and he's between FSU, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. He wants to make that decision early in August, so tomorrow could really be the big factor in him finally making a decision to commit.
2: We're right around the- and there's a there, there's a lot of uh, state of Mississippi talent this year, Dustin. Just just going to Florida State alone, you have Nicobe Dean, the five star linebacker, Derek Hall, an, another uh, blue chip four star linebacker, as well as you just mentioned Charles Cross, who I believe currently rated a three star by twenty four seven composite. But looking at his tape, I think it's a he's a blue chip prospect all day, and I'm sure by the end of the cycle he will be. Not that that's uh, too much of a big deal, but I think look at just at those three. Uh, Florida State, you have to like their chances in the state of Mississippi this year with, I know Mississippi State's on a little bit of a roll, but Ole Miss is down because of the sanctions, and Mississippi State's coach just left, so if we really eye, uh, open these kids' eyes this week, I mean Florida State has a lot more to offer than Mississippi State, I hate to say it um, because, <laughs> uh, yeah. but they really do, I mean, I mean Florida State has more to offer than Gainesville if you look at in the eyes of recruits and Dan Mullen just left Mississippi State for Gainesville
1: Yeah. So, Mississippi State has the Cowbells though so don't forget Oh, they do have cowbell. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't forget uh, that. I forget that. I I have the cowbell. That's a big recruiting addition <laughs> <laughs> there. I want to talk about a little bit about the offensive, like how big of the offensive line and how big, like how Coach Frey and Taggart are focusing really hard on bringing on some of the big guys at the front of the line. Well, Help. they
2: need to. They already locked up. They already locked up Lucas, who I believe uh, his relationship with Telly Lockett and his, his mom's relationship really with Telly Lockett. Uh, is big for FSU, so they already locked up one of the premier offensive guards in, uh, if not Florida, definitely the the country as well. So they have him. Will Putnam is on the board. I, th- I believe, I personally believe he can play guard or tackle at a high level. You have Charles Cross, who I, me and Dustin, Dustin, you think he probably he's a Florida State lean it, if not commit after this weekend? Wouldn't you, you say,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think this event will really swing FSU into favor.
2: The big one to keep your keep. Uh, your eye on and I know we were talking about this earlier Dustin Evan Neal is coming or uh, Evan Neal is not he's up in the air whether he is visiting Tallahassee or not uh IMG's coaching staff doesn't know well they're not letting anybody leave because they're in the midst of fall camp or about to start fall camp and if um Evan Neal can find a way to make it up to Tallahassee uh as well as Julio McCray uh Florida State linebacker commit and Dante Lucas aforementioned uh, if they if they can get Evan Neal to come up, and if they can come up, if the coaches somehow allow it, that would be huge because Evan Neal came once for the spring game. He hasn't been back. Um, he has those two, obviously, and putting them at IMG in his ear about Florida State, I'm sure. So if he can get another visit in before his fall visit, his fall official, then it, that just gives him more of a reason to consider Florida State down the stretch. So I think that's that is definitely something to watch out for. If you're listening to this podcast before Saturday, if Evan Neal makes it in, because that's a bit – that's – I mean, maybe – is there a bigger question mark where kind of the success of – I don't want to say the success of the event is relying on it, but yeah, if Evan Neal makes it in versus not making it in, that would be a huge swing.
1: It would be. Definitely. It'd be – it'd be – Great for you know to get inside the program and actually spend a lot of time with the coaches one on one inside Doke on the field with fans there. In well, the stands. like you said,
2: Greg is really changing offensive line recruiting. And he and
1: wants he, his guys. Yeah, he wants his it's guys. <laughs> it's and a lot.
2: Secret. Of- Rick Trickett struggled at Florida State to recruit. I yeah. mean, he had a, one really good class in 2016. Um, I mean, the only one who really panned out of that panned out out of that class so far is Landon Dickerson. Still waiting on Baby on Johnson and uh, Jawan Williams, but. Yeah. It seems like Frey's is going to consistently recruit uh at least well well uh well above the average uh, Rick Trickett class.
1: Exactly. Is there anything else SNL-wise that you guys would like to go over? Um I know there's a lot. We'll learn a lot tomorrow because this is something new to Florida State and definitely Florida State fans. Uh, so we'll have a recap tomorrow. I know me and uh, Dustin will be there, so we'll be able to recap it for you guys and get the insight and tell you all about it. Um, all right, let me well, answer, yeah. and Dustin. Just... What if you
2: could <clears throat> if you could take two commits or if you could take two visitors from tomorrow and turn them into Florida State signees? I'll give you a second to think about it. Who would your two? Who would? Who are the two players? You say, give me those two, and I'll take them and shut it down or whatever.
0: I don't even need a second to think about it. If if Neil comes, it's got to be Neil, and then it's got to be Kayvon Thibodeau.
2: Oh, those are my two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> those are exa- exactly my two. <laughs> FSU's big, you always need an edge rusher. I mean, it, that's the most important position. Florida State has good edge rushers this year, but with Burns – I mean, 90% chance he goes to the NFL after this season.
1: Yeah, And then
2: <laughs> the other spot's kind of open. You've got some guys lurking, like Janarius Robinson, but no, no true, like, uh, alpha dog to take over. And I think if Thibodeau came in, he could easily play as a freshman. So I love that pick. And I think he has high interest in Florida State. Um, so he'll be there. Like, you, like we said, Evan Neal may or may not be there. So I'll assume he won't show, and I'll take Cardell Thomas the Louisiana five-star offensive guard because we need offensive linemen, and it fills a huge need.
0: Yeah, if, if he if didn't I, show, honestly, I I'd third, have to go I, with him.
2: If I had to pick a third, I'd be inclined to say N'Kobe Dean because linebacker is such a big need, but linebacker doesn't have as big as an effect as, as an offensive tackler or an edge rusher. So I'll, I'll, I'll stay with those two.
0: And, yeah, Ryan, I have a question for you, too. So, like you said earlier, Willie Tiger got four commits for Oregon last year at SNL. I think, got,
2: I think he got eight. Eight. Oh, I think I four, four. I think four at the event. I think you're right, but I think in the week after, I think he got four more or three more and one like the day before the event. All
0: right. Well, for the event, how many players do you think will uh, commit tomorrow or Sunday?
2: Do I can I take 2019s and 2020s because I think that changes the scope of the question.
0: Yeah, definitely, absolutely.
2: Okay, so I would say five if I get to add 2020s and I'll say three if it's just 2019s. All right. But I think in the next two weeks, you could see guys like Charles Cross, Nick Cross won't be at the event. The four-star safety out of uh, the DMV won't be at the event, but he's he plans on deciding before his season, which, is which as we know, high school football starts within the next four weeks. So mm-hmm. um, I, those those are two that may, may might not decide at the event, but it in the next couple weeks following it. Just even if Nick Cross isn't there, just the hype from the other commits will probably push him to- closer to a decision.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Brendan Gant, yeah, as
2: definitely.
0: well as um, the Kobe Dean.
2: If I had to pick, oh, I don't think I don't think Dean pops because he hasn't been to Florida State yet, even though he's on a four day visit.
0: I think in the coming weeks he could be a guy that we add oh, to the yeah, class.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely. But um, so for the. For the like commit watch people, like who are, who are you who are you thinking? So I know you just said you said Charles Cross earlier, which is one I like. I think I agree. He was just he just earned the, the Florida State offer in camp over the summer, and it seems like he really likes Florida State. So I could see him popping. You just mentioned the the four star safety from uh, the state of Florida, which is um, Brendan Gant. I could see yeah. him popping. Nick Cross won't be there, but I think he decides in the next couple weeks. Um, but we'll, we'll exclude him. Who else do you see? Uh, do you see anybody else on Commit Watch that uh, maybe?
0: I think uh, uh, Raymond Woody.
2: Okay, Coach Woody's son.
0: Yeah, Florida High. As here well as uh, yeah, as well as Isaiah Dunson, who's a 2020 prospect, a wide receiver. He's been favoring Florida State for a while. Grew up a fan.
2: Yep, I could I could see that as well. And then what are some? Do you have any dark horse commitments? Like people that I don't know might might just pop. I don't think I don't think Thibodeau will just just running through it in my head. I hadn't thought about this before, but it seems like at events like this, you always get kids that you're like, really like out of nowhere. He's, yeah. he's that interested in Florida State. Uh-huh.
1: I, hope,
2: I hope it comes down to that, but and sometimes any,
1: guys that are kind of early into the recruiting will go ahead and pop it right then too. Yep. You know that are has, like, yeah. You know they love to visit everything. You know if they're young too. Easily. I think
2: I think Kalen Deloche is is one who. I might not expect to decide but I think he could be like a surprise um commit the linebacker who's down at, I believe FSU in Michigan. Uh that would be a huge commit as we know linebacker is a huge need. They're going to take 4 in this class. They already have one with Jaleel McCray from IMG. So they still need three more. Um but they have a lot of people on the on the linebacker board. Linebacker board still. Just the three off the top of my head that are coming is the two Mississippi linebackers who I already mentioned, um Dean and um Derek Hall, oh. and then you also have uh, Kaelin Delosius coming, and then a couple three-star linebackers are, are will also be in attendance. It'll be interesting to see if they can compete and earn that offer.
0: Yeah, and if I had to pick a, a dark horse player to commit, it would definitely be four-star wide receiver George Pickens, who, whose visit was just confirmed uh, today. He committed to Auburn earlier this month, but I really think the interest between FSU and Pickens is there, and if he can get some comfort...
2: Maybe bigger than the fans think, like one of those kind of behind-the-scenes communication type things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, that would definitely be a dark horse. I would not, like, just just casually thinking about it, I I wouldn't have expected that at all, so I like that pick. But you gotta Mm -hmm. think about it. Sam Howell is already in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was in there. He got there this afternoon. So... When, 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 kids show, when kids show up and see Sam Howell, I know Auburn has a good quarterback commit, but still, if, if he sees Sam Howell in person, gets enamored with his throwing ability, loves what Walt Bell and Willie Taggart have to say to him, as well as David Kelly. I mean, David Kelly and Willie Taggart, between those two recruiting receivers, FSU should do pretty well. So it's just an exciting time for recruiting right now. But speaking of competing at SNL tomorrow... What, what do you guys think about this fall camp competition coming up? we got a quarterback competition. we got a bunch of position battles. We still have to figure out who's going to play tackle after the dismissal of Josh Ball. And then there's there's a lot of secondary um, spots to be earned.
1: There's a lot. There's a lot.
2: And, to, and some linebacker spots to be earned.
1: That's a lot of learning, too. It's a whole new system for the guys. Yep. It is supposed to be easier. We know that. Um, but it's just going to see what fits. You know, these are Taggart's. These, these guys that Taggart has most of them pretty much 95% are not the guys that he recruited. So they got to fit into a whole new system. Um, so this fall camp is going to be something really entertaining to watch, cover, hear about. Um, there could be guys that were not starting last year and other guys, uh, that, uh, will have a potential to start that we might've not even thought about starting, you know, so it's all up to Taggart and, uh, his coaching staff on who he believes will be number one, but we know that there will be a lot more playing times for younger guys. I know there's a couple pieces out right now um, from different sites. And I think we've covered it a little bit too, that a lot of the younger guys will get a chance under Taggart's offense.
2: Definitely. definitely. Um, He has has no loyalty to the older guys. And he hasn't seen them work. Like everything they've earned to be in the position they are, they didn't earn according to Taggart. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying he's gonna like treat the the old the older players, the veteran players unfairly or anything, but to him it's a clean slate. He 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 hasn't these players haven't done anything for him yet, so
1: yeah, he's got he's got the stable right now. Though let's start off right now. Let's just dive in. We'll wait for quarterbacks for at the end of it because we can talk yeah, about the competition and all that. That's but let's go it. right <laughs> into what two Ferraris that uh, Taggart owns right now with so Cam about, Akers and Kalene LeBourne. How about that, what about
2: him? the Hummer? What about the Hummer? All right, the Hummer's still there. To, <laughs> I
1: call that the tank. That's the tank. That's a straight uh, tank. tank. <laughs> hey,
2: That's... don't disrespect the tank. He carried us in a lot
1: of games last year. No, exactly, exactly. He's got right, he's got so... a lot of talent in the backfield. Who? I mean, how is he? How is he going to be able to use all those guys during? You well,
2: know, first of all, games? having rewatched uh, all of Oregon's games last year, Taggart will legitimately put two running backs in the backfield. Um like if something like Georgia run- does and then he also has put three ra- running backs in the backfield he has a play where he puts three three running backs in the backfield so or he I'm sure he has a whole formation but I've seen a few plays where he has three running backs in the backfield as well as he can put Kalen layborn into the game and really Patrick people don't think of him like this but he is a good he has great hands so you can put those guys into the game in the backfield and then with Cam Akers or whatever and then it's some pre-snap motion and flex him out to just create a mismatch with a linebacker. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's a more positionless offense than Jimbo's where you don't really see, like, the running backs out uh, in the slot or whatever. But with Taggart throwing so many quick screens, it would not surprise me to see Laybourne out uh, in the slot at all. Not saying he's a slot receiver, but just flexing out there in certain formations to create mismatches pre-snap. So that's how I think they use them all to answer your question.
1: I kind of, I, this might be crazy to think, I'll let you get to it, Dustin, but I kind of have this kind of, because I'm a Steelers fan, so I watch Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, you know, a lot. So hands-wise and route running, I feel like LeBourne can take a lot of that uh, role and kind of how Dalvin did. I mean, he's able to catch and go. It's scary to see. And I feel like LeBourne has that potential, but it's so, fur- so early to tell. But I feel like he could open up a lot of... Uh, okay. A lot of uh, it, Dustin rolls like up? That.
2: Before before Le'born has taken a single snap, Logan just a <laughs> <in> mixture, <laughs> mixture of Dalvin Cook and Le'Veon uh, Bell. Woo. So I like
1: we I like got <laughs> the backfield. The speed and he
2: catches he catches like Le'Veon and run routes like Le'Veon and he comes out of the backfield like Cook.
1: I'm, I'm high like, on him. I love it. Well, if
0: anything, he's already proved his big playability with that run in the spring game. So
1: Mm -hmm. maybe
0: it's a worthy comparison.
1: I'm I'm just being early on it, and I'm not saying now. Nobody's my boy Le'Veon. I'm not going to say that. But I say there's some kind of characteristic. We've only seen, what, like 10 minutes of him playing Really, He didn't
2: take a snap last year. And you didn't even mention he wins jump balls like Randy Moss.
1: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we'll see uh, if my boy yeah, gets
2: a. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's a, it's a, it's a decent comparison. It's just not, not quite to that level. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll yeah, exactly. See. I mean, the best part is that we don't know that, like, the, he he has the the world of potential. I'll tell you this. Right now, I'm going. Kalen Layborn jumps over at least six players this year. I don't know if you guys have seen his high school tape. Yeah. And. And I've seen practice. Le'Veon Bell.
1: Play. Le'Veon Bell. There it goes. Just sorry. I had to add it in there. but you know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. no, he jumps over no, everybody. Air, and Air I Livorn, so. he, From the inside, I heard that he was really, <laughs> really mad that he got redshirted last year. I heard a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, he said it in the
2: post-game this- interview of the spring game. He's like, I'm not happy I was redshirted with last year. Yep. And then he had a famous quote Maybe. that I'm not going to say because it's a family-friendly show. <laughs> <Yeah>. But YouTube.
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead and YouTube that. But Dustin, what do you think about that backfield?
0: I think it's the three headed monster of Akers, Patrick, and LeBourne is going to be ridiculous. If Taggart uh, continues the same approach on offense that he used at Oregon, where the Ducks ran uh, two thirds of the time.
2: I think he will and- do that this year just because FSU's offensive line is really built to run block and not to pass protect. So between Eberly at center, and even if Eberly, even if Baby Don Johnson comes from the dark horse and beats out Eberly, either way. Uh, those are two run blocking linemen, as we see, as we've seen before. Everly struggles a little bit in pass protection, um, and then your two strongest linemen are probably your your guards with Cole Minshew and Landon Dickerson. So that's really the strength of the line. Josh Ball was dismissed; that was one of the starting tackles. It'll be interesting to see who will step in and fill that role. Maybe I, I think Derek Kelly will end up playing tackle. Maybe Jawan Williams. It, we'll we'll have to see, but
1: uh, let's. I think another thing uh, that is going to be pretty interesting to see is how, at least the wide receivers, on how Taggart uses them, as how they're going to be, how they'll be utilized. There's a lot of potential they have. There's a lot of uh, some good experience that wide receivers have with Nooney, which I heard his rehab is going well. he should be close to 100% for fall camp coming up soon. And then you also have Keith Gavin. If he can figure out his hands, you know, make some catches, you know, he has a lot of potential. And then the unicorn of them all, George Campbell, um, you know, so, what, what the speed that Taggart likes, how are these weapons going to be used, you know. So having
2: having watched all of Oregon's games last year, what Taggart does with his receivers is he plays, he play It's re, it's genuinely as simple as they run one of two general routes, not necessarily the whole playbook, but they either go deep. Or they catch a screen. Okay. It's really that simple. I'm not even. It's not even like rocket it's science. Not even, it's not it's, even hyperbole. He goes deep. He loves to take the top off the defense because what people don't understand is Jimbo like to control the ball by throwing it down the field with media with um, medium passes, medium range passes, hooks curl, hooks, ins outs, slants. Yeah, what tackles slants, like to do is yeah. the ball running and then use the run to create big plays with the pass and the run. As cliched as it, as it is, the, the short passing game in Taggart's offense is really just an extension of the run. Because he'll throw it to guys like DJ Matthews behind the line of scrimmage and have big guys like Tamora Tim- and Terry and Keith Gavin block for him and just try to get three, four, five yards. And then he'll do that, and then he'll fake the screen and throw it downfield. And having watched USF's games too,
0: mm-hmm.
2: hopefully, I mean, I would be shocked, but Quinton Flowers couldn't throw the ball at USF, so Taggart was really hamstring with that. So I think I mean James Blackman and Francois are more than capable to throw the ball deep. Let me
1: throw, a, let me
2: throw a, had, okay, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Let me throw a question to you real quick, Dustin. What do you think about d j Matthews and how how big of a season he has? i mean he's got a, he's he's my number one wide receiver, I think Florida State has going forward. I think the dude has a little bit. I know I'm going back to my Steelers guys, but a B and his route running and his catching, oh, no. it's it's no. It, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I mean, I'm just—he's uh, small, skinny. I mean, I know AB gained a little bit of whatever, but I just want to talk about yeah, a little bit about DJ Matthews. I know I kind of missed out on saying him earlier, but I mean, he's a he's a rock star to this offense, I believe, and I think Taggart uses him in a lot of ways, and of course punt return too, which he should have been at way earlier in the season last way. year. Um, yeah, and if
0: if I had to make a prediction right now, I would I would think DJ would be FSU's leading receiver in 2018 with NyQuan Murray. A little bit behind him
1: that was one of and, winston's sorry but like kenny shaw was one of winston's favorite uh go-to guys him and o'leary i think were and then of course rashad green and they were they had a good wide receiving class that that's, year but what
2: you say when you say lead receiver what what will you what, what what is your criteria yards
0: yeah he has the most yards of any other guy on the team I
2: disagree i think it, i think i have the most catches but like i just said about taggart's offense. DJ's gonna have mostly screens thrown to him he's not like he's not tip a typical deep threat he he's really not Florida State's best option for a deep threat it's more Terry Gavin and nooney for for those type of routes so he's not the
0: best I, option but he's definitely well, a playmaker
2: well while I, I was gonna say while I do think he'll break a lot of big plays from nothing I think yards I think I think Matthews have the most catches but yards wise I think it'll be Terry or nooney just, just some organic disagreement. I also think Nooney and Terry will have more touchdowns. Yeah, I was and, I, and FSU. I think yeah. the world of of um, of DJ Matthews too. I'm just saying, in his role, I don't think he'll lead the team in yards.
0: Yeah, and I do think FSU could have a lot of uh, threats down the field this year if Keith Gavin can find some consistency. If George Campbell can stay healthy,
2: they really if don't worry on. Like those two are just icing on the cake because the the main two receivers other than Matthews are going to be Terry and and Nooney in my opinion. Like if if one of Gavin and Ter- or Campbell can really figure it out and unlock their potential, that's just going to be ridiculous because I I it, where it stands now, I think those are the fourth and fifth receivers. Would, would you agree or no?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think Terry is ahead of them right now.
1: I think we. So, should, I'll, I'll I'll go and lead us right now to probably the just the least favorite to, you know, be the top priority on that offense and, you know, whatever. Not the best background for the last couple seasons. That goes towards the offensive line. Um, what what are you guys expecting out of that offensive line? It's a new scheme, a new offense, everything. What are you guys expecting for it to be in this kind of Taggart scheme?
2: Uh, well, I think they'll struggle. I mean, I, de- I definitely think they struggled last year, and, and now they have a whole new system to learn. Plus, you lost one of your starting tackles. Uh, the offensive line will definitely be the, the weak point of the offense. Hopefully, like I said, if you focus on running the ball, it helps as an offensive lineman to run block because you're punching the defensive lineman and not getting punched over and over like Jimbo's offensive lines were. I mean, when you have to sit back and just let people bang on you all game, it's nice to go out and actually exert some force, which they'll get to do a lot more in Taggart's offense. But I think that'll help. But I just think learning a whole new scheme with a whole new unit because there's really not a lot of returning starts, especially for the tackles. Both tackles will probably be new starters. I mean, I know Derek Kelly played a little bit of tackle last year. But both full-time tackles will be new starters. So it, it, they're going to struggle a little bit. But, um, I mean, that, that's really the weak point of the offense. I, I don't really want to sugarcoat it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I think the offensive line is also the, the weakest position on the offensive side of the ball. But I do think they could see some improvement over last year because Rick Trickett's zone-blocking scheme just did not fit what uh, Jimbo likes to do on offense. And what uh, Greg Frey has done is simplified the scheme a little bit, and he's also made it so the center has to make less reads at the line of scrimmage. So I think simplifying it, making your blocks easier, could just lead to more success out of these guys.
2: Would you say he's like simplified it lethally?
1: Uh, i hope it turns out to be lethal
2: yeah if if the offensive line figures out he's gonna win a lot of games
1: all right let's go and go to the big one right now the one that everybody's ripping each other apart in the comments section on facebook and all that who's going to be the starting quarterback going forward team frenchie team blackman or the hawkman hive who's it who's it going to be
2: what do you got dustin let's hear it
1: um personally I love what Blackman did last season,
0: but I think Francois is the perfect fit into this offense. So I'm gonna have to go with Team Frenchy.
2: All right, so this is a little. I'm a. I'm a little uh, unorthodox here. I'm. I'm gonna go with JJ Cock No, I'm just kidding. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he retired. Wow. No, no, you're. you're 100%. Wow. It doesn't matter. No
0: disrespect.
2: What, Come it on. doesn't matter what I think. It's just gonna be Francois. It's just gonna be Francois. It, it, wow just is. Everybody's. Like, you guys can be Team Blackman. I get it. He's the better kid. Like, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying it's going to be Francois. So, he he fits, like Dustin said, he fits better into the system. He's got better experience. He might not have more experience, but his experience is a lot better because it wasn't an absolute,
1: like, uh, I think Blackman got thrown into the worst fire that could ever happen. Yeah, no, yeah, he
2: did. But I'm not, and I'm not saying he would start on a lot of teams. But Francois is a, is a better quarterback. And I, than I'll
1: give it. I, I'm I'm big on Blackman. Going forward, right now, before fall camp, before we hear anything, whatever, I'm still high on Blackman. Um, but I I think going back and looking at last season, he was coached by a quarterback. Uh, he was coached by Jimbo Fisher, who had his foot out the door by the end of September. And as we know, uh, Blackman's very young. He's still gaining weight, trying to do all that, and. He's a he's a young guy that was having to learn really get a deep dive into that playbook with a coach that was already ready to go to Texas um, midseason pretty much and I, I I think he's still I think there's a lot of potential for Blackman um, and I think he's going to show that in fall camp those long balls Did definitely if you top? want to, I think I think he go I think. Him, that connection with the uh, DJ Matthews and even Nooney, too, we saw a little bit during the spring practice. I mean, it's just those balls are right there in his hands. You want those explosive plays? Blackman and DJ Matthews for 60 yards for a touchdown. I mean, it's, that's how it was all during the spring practice. That's what we heard. That's what I saw while I was there. Um, I, I still think I got Blackman, and I think Blackman is leading good on the field. But I, I do agree with you all, too, though, that DeAndre Francois fits that scheme really well. So we'll see. I think... I think there's a lot of – this is going to be one of the best quarterback competitions uh, we've had in a long time. But, of course, uh, Coker and Jameis was one of the best. But um, I think this one's really one that will make the team better as a whole.
2: I agree. I agree with that. I mean, it's really good to have two – I mean, they're very close. Like, I don't think Francois is actually that much better than Blackman. I do think he's marginally better. But I think that the situations they were in could not have been any more different. Ah, uh, Florida State had a top five offense on the S and P Plus um, rate rankings in twenty sixteen with Francois, but they also had Dalvin Cook and a ton of experience. Last year, Blackman had a coach with one an offensive coordinator with one foot out the door, a quarterback coach with two feet out the door. By the end of the season, everybody already <laughs> it was announced like week nine that Randy Sa- Sa- Sanders was gone. So I am just saying like he's not as bad as he looked. Francois is not as good as he looked. There's a happy medium there for both of them. I do think Francois is a marginally better player. I mean, if you look at their recruiting rankings out of high school, that would reflect it. I think Blackman has a huge ceiling. Um, I hope he stays at Florida State. If Francois wins the job and competes next year, because I do think, like I said, his ceiling is higher. So one more year in the system, and then you never know, right? Exactly. So I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Francois. That being said, I really wouldn't like. It's almost like I'm. I'm rooting for Blackman, but I think Francois is going to win. That's kind of where I stand.
1: We'll see. We've yeah. heard. Go
0: ahead, Dustin. I think uh, Blackman has the the better deep ball of the two. I mean, it's, yeah, it's got to be obvious. He's got the yeah, height that's, advantage that's, that's, too.
2: That's not really that's not really a question. I agree. That's 100%. yeah.
0: Francois's ability to throw short to intermediate, you know, I think him and Blackman are are almost equal in that department.
2: But I think Francois anticipates a little bit better on the short mm, and intermediate I'm throws. Granted, like he we couldn't said, get
1: balls to Dalvin so yeah. many times from the backfield. He couldn't get he couldn't get it to him. I mean, I, it would yeah, be nonsense. He does
2: struggle and, with super short throws. I agree. I'm just talking about like more anticipation and like control of the offense. Yeah, yeah. off Francois. Of yeah that, you that's are two years I
0: later think. though. He could I mean, I think he's going to show improvement from how he played as a redshirt freshman to to now as a redshirt junior. But the thing that really separates them, in my opinion, is just Francois's ability to make some plays on the ground, which he did for FSU as a redshirt freshman. Like He, he ran that touchdown in against North Carolina, and then obviously they ended up with a game-winning field goal because of some penalties. But he's really showed that he can make plays with his feet, and he's going to have to show in fall camp that he's 100% healthy after that uh, patellar injury.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a rough one to come back from too. That is a really, really hard. That's worse than an ACL um, injury, which I had, and that took me a long time to recover. But that's a hard one. But it looks like he's getting close. Taggart he's said 100%. that He's gonna, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be 100 for 100 for fall camp that starts on Monday. Uh, let's let's we did the QB stuff. We'll have a lot more QB stuff to talk uh, after a week. Um, after yep. the first week of fall camp. I'm sure next, we'll start hearing stuff. Um, but next
2: week, we'll also have a, an entire SNL to review, which should exactly. be so fun. Yeah. I know me and Dustin are excited to talk a little bit recruiting once we get uh, some things more clear next week. With I mean, this is a huge, huge... This is FSU's biggest recruiting weekend. After this weekend, probably, I don't know... They have, what, 15, 14 commitments. 75, 80% of their class will be filled after this weekend. They get three, four guys. So It's
1: going to be a busy, busy weekend. It's going to be a lot to
2: talk about next week. And then we got the start of fall camp, which we can really get into positional previews and some stuff like that. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, let's hop over to defense real quick. Um, so a lot of young guys, a lot of talent. Uh, it's a whole new scheme. A lot of Everybody's excited to see the big hits again. Nasty defense, like we saw with Timmy Jernigan, LaMarcus Joyner, Telvin Smith. Who's going to be the biggest leader before we go into any of these position groups? Who's going to be the biggest leader on defense? Who do you guys think?
2: That's a good question. I like that.
1: I'm, I've, I'll, got, I'll let you all think. I, I, got, I've,
2: I got an answer right, right now. I'm going I'm to tell you who the leader is. It's Brian Burns. Ooh,
1: wow. Vert- got him. You, yeah.
2: you have a different one? I've, I've, mean, got Tavius, I've got Dontavious. I've
1: got D. Jackson. I got Dontavious yeah, Jackson. Don Jackson.
2: He's Ooh. never started.
1: It's about to change, boys. And he, he should, should have, he should have started last year. I know. Brian
2: Burns is a returning starter who went to ACC Media Day because he's the leader. I'm not yeah. saying Dontavious Jackson isn't a leader.
1: But lineback- having a, having that linebacker on the inside right there is usually a big leader on. Defense. I think
2: Dontavious Jackson has a great year. I hope. Yeah. I mean, I, and I I do think he's definitely the change of scenery is going to help him yeah. as far as, but. I'm just not ready to say that he's a bigger leader for this team than Brian Burns. Although, I mean, they could definitely co-lead the defense.
0: Let's look at. I see him emerging as a leader just because of the the passion and emotion that he plays with.
1: And that's something yeah. that that defense needs. Did y'all see that that uh, side of the ball last season with how quiet it was and just messing up on plays? It's and Everybody getting terrible. called out for it. You know, it's, you know, if someone were to screw up on a play. Last year, and Jalen Ramsey was still on that roster. Don't tell me he wanted to be in your face, you know, telling you to fix that or, you know, something like that. But, anyways, let's go yeah. jump in right into DBs. Uh, the big guy coming in, four star, whatever. I still go with five star, but Jaden would be. Uh, do we see any playing time for him this season? <laughs>
0: any I think Jaden, I think he's going to be a key reserve uh, off the bench in the secondary, and he might end up starting as the season goes on.
2: I think he starts game one. Woo! Wow, I don't I'll know about that, but book it. Woo! <laughs> Better mark this. I want you to play this. When, I want Wait, you to play this when we view the Virginia Tech game. I'll
1: note and it down Jayden now.
2: Get the field for the first play. Wow! Okay. Book it.
1: Florida, Florida
0: State has some nasty DBs coming back. I mean, it's at the this, cornerback spots,
2: Jaden Wood. is his best safety. Wow, so, I know, but you've got yeah, a
0: real Dean Cyrus I Fagan. Who's starting over Hamza? Whoa, now you're speaking something.
2: <laughs> Dude, I like Hamza. I, I'm not saying he won't be on the field a ton. If, if in a 4 DB set, it's going to be Levante Taylor and Stanford Samuels and then Cyrus Fagan at strong safety, or it really doesn't matter, but the, the two safeties are going to be Jaden Woodby and Cyrus Fagan. In 4 DB sets. You, so the, our, our, agreement, our disagreement is that you think Hamza is going to be on the field over Woodby, correct? That's, that's what you're disagreeing with? Yeah, correct. Okay, so maybe it'll be Hamza and Would be, but I'm telling you right now, Would Be starts.
0: All Book right. It. I mean, we'll see you in a couple weeks, we'll huh? We'll That's revisit right.
2: it.
1: <laughs> we'll see what the inside tells us. Yeah, now, that we better DB,
2: pull this audio. I will. I promise. You. We'll <laughs> start it
1: off the first thing, and y'all can get right at it right away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that. I who's excited for Levante Taylor? Man, he's he seems at least on social media. We've seen him training and whatnot, but. Holy crap! I mean, big season for him. He got left off the watch list for yeah. The that Thor- was a
2: little. The Thor-
1: yeah, that was Man, a little. That'll get you. That'll get you. But yeah, he's locked down. I mean, that whole DB class has a lot of stuff that they can make up for for this last for the last season. Um, but there's a lot really? of potential that that you could see from what's it, what Samuels, who we saw near the late of the season. What was it against Florida?
2: Yep. Uh I, I mean he gave up he gave up some some TDs against Florida, but he's he's just a good player. You Ready yeah. for my my next hot take?
1: Oh, DB oh, hot take. Oh. I got
2: another one. Oh. Market market Logan,
1: you ready? What is this? Stan-
2: Stanford Samuels is FSU's best DB.
1: No, no nah, that's not a hot me. take. Okay, so okay, so it is it you're, is you're,
2: to me. No, no, he's better. He's a better cornerback than Lavonta Taylor, and it's uh, to no, me it's not this. Write down.
1: I'm gonna write. Write it
2: down. I'm going to write that down. Broward County, baby. Sorry.
0: I don't think they're no. they're super far apart no, right no, no, now. I, I think Samuels I'm, I'm, was,
2: that was... That was hyperbole, but I do think Samuels is a slightly better player.
0: Yeah, I think he was
1: By excellent down the stretch last not, year.
2: Maybe not right now. He's bigger. I think he we plays... We never heard
1: Levante Taylor's name on TV because he wasn't doing it. There was no reason to throw to him.
2: Was... No, yeah. I mean, he did good. It's also, he's playing field corner, which with the wide hash marks in college, it's a lot harder to... Uh, throw against the field corner because it's such a longer throw. That's why mm-hmm. Tavares McFadden get, got targeted so many times last year. I mean, think about it. Marquez White looked really good at FSU because he was the field corner. Ronald Darby, field corner. It's just mm-hmm. the, 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 the boundary corner is always going to get picked on more, which will be Sam, Samuels this year. So, Levante Taylor looked really good. But yeah. um, I just think – I'm not saying Leva- – I think Levante Taylor is an all-ACC player. And he's probably a, a day-two draft pick whether it's the second or third round but um short, and I'm am yeah. a huge fan if he wasn't short he plays with phenomenal yeah. technique he has crazy top end speed and quickness Those just he's just, hips, uh, he's just hips five crazy 90. yeah he's
1: got he's got he's good with it. no hips. yeah he's
2: he's a freak athlete that's why he's the number one corner in the country i just yeah. think that i mean the height and the physicality not that they're an issue but it's going to keep him from being stanford has all stanford has the physicality and the height he's got mm. the size and then he plays I don't know if you guys know his dad, but he's a he's a deep his dad's a DB coach here in South Florida, and he played for FSU. He's had the hit on Roscoe Parrish. So Stanford's he's a legend. Playing. Stanford's had the best <clears throat> technique in Florida since he was a sophomore in high school.
1: I want to go yeah. to the next tier down, and then we're gonna go to we're gonna go to uh, linebackers now. Uh, like I said, I still have I, I like uh, Dontavius Jackson being there. But it's still, it's still a lot of question marks, I think, depth-wise, of course, uh, how that's going to fill the role for Harlan Barnett and how that will work with the defense. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, question marks. What do you guys think about that position group going towards the season?
0: I think the linebackers are extremely talented. They're just short on, on experience. And obviously, Dontavious Jackson, I'm expecting him to step up. And then Adonis Thomas played well last year when he got on the field for FSU as well. But then behind them, you've got guys like Josh Brown, Emmett Rice, and Leonard Warner. And Rice was a guy that I liked in the bowl game before he suffered that knee injury. Yeah. And I think he's going to step up. But Josh Brown and Leonard Warner, we're going to see what they have in them when fall camp starts. Josh Brown's lost, uh, I think his father said on Twitter, 20 20 pounds,
2: maybe? Def- definitely gained 20 pounds. Oh, just, well, he, he was, gained 20 pounds. He was small. Right yeah, we can cut one that One way out. or the other. Just just say his father again and say gained 20 pounds. All
0: right. Yeah, his father uh, reported on Twitter that Brown gained 20 pounds this offseason.
2: Yeah, he was, he was slight, and I think that was holding him back. I remember, and I'm sure you guys t- do too, there were so many good words coming out of I guess he early enrolled, so when he was a freshman in the spring, like, he was like, you got you know how kind of, and I have a dark horse for you here, too, uh, uh, Decalon or DeCallon Brooks.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: this spring, he just blew up with, like, oh, my God, he might be our best linebacker, da-da-da. That's how it was for Brown's the spring of his freshman year. So those are two guys. I mean, I think Brooks plays this year. I'm not sure about Brown. I think you got playing?
1: Okay.
2: I think he plays, yeah, just because, like, like Dustin said, FSU's linebackers are thin. Like, let, yeah. It's not – there's no depth. There really is none. So, like, compared to the other positions, it's really not even close. Dontavious Jackson needs to be really good, or else FSU's defense is going to have a lot of problems against the run. Um, but – because I don't know that Adonis Thomas and um, – Adonis Thomas and who, – who do you think is going to start at the other position? Either Warner or Brown or Rice or – Deco on Brooks. I don't know if they start on most top twenty-five teams. So, and it's not—it's no knock against them. It's just the the truth. Yeah, uh, I think
1: so. It's,
2: it's just—it's not like a, it's not that bad. If we just need two two others other than Jackson to step up,
1: a young a young uh, defensive guy, and I don't think he'll play a lot this year. Um, a teammate of mine from Charles High School, Amari Gainer, uh, being to some of the practices and such. Seeing his leadership of you know calling guys out on maybe missed definitely, assignments and certain things is something something definitely. something good to look forward to in the future seasons definitely. ahead um, because I, that kind of I, stuff I, being verbal like that really plays a role and shows the coaches and stuff like that and um, I think I'll have
2: a great college career.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think I'll have like a Telvin Smith like impact.
1: Hopefully. Yeah, they have that same kind of physique, don't they? Exactly.
2: The same physique and the same leadership. Like, they're both, like, so passionate.
1: Very passionate and really mean. <laughs> I can exactly. tell you that, yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> all right, let's go head ahead. over to the D-line. Probably the biggest strength and uh, depth for this defense. Let's go to Big Marv, Walensky Ime, Brian Burns. Uh, Christmas comes back. Uh, for another Josh season, Kando. For Knowles. Yep, and Kendo, which is someone you actually forgot to mention a while back um, who? when we were talking about. We were talking about like our top, you know, who the top defensive players will be. You, you just kind of like you know. Who I, well, else I'm is gonna be the, I'm the gonna D ask Dustin this. Who I got a good question here. Yeah.
2: So the four starting defensive tackles are Christmas, or the the four starting defensive linemen. The tackles are Christmas and Wilson, and the ends are Burns and Kendo rate those players one through four in production this year. Because I think one and four could be interchangeable. Like, to me, they're so – isn't that that crazy that they're – you could say Burns is the worst and he could be the best. It's just crazy to me.
0: Yeah, that is – that's quite a question. Like,
2: if you told me at the end of the season that Wilson was the best, I would believe it. Kando was the best, i believe it. Burns was the best, i believe it. And Christmas, I'd believe it. Who do you think? What's your four?
0: I think with Wilson's offseason, you know, losing some bad weight and despite suffering that injury in the spring game, which he's uh, rehabbed from and he's back 100%, just he's gotten so much uh, stronger and more explosive. I think he's got to be the number one. I think he's going to have a monster year and possibly be in contention for one of the best uh, defensive tackles in college football.
1: Okay. I like that. I like that. He's I like just, that we saw, we I... saw he was putting in work over the offseason. He's lost a lot of a lot of bad weight that was slowing him down, but what... What's interesting is that Marvin Wilson was the fastest D-line or defensive tackle, I believe, in a no lot way. of ways. I, I, I'll, I'll put cra- money on I, I
2: think I saw that, too. That's he, crazy. He
1: was still faster, and he weighed another 35 pounds or 40 pounds That's, in some yeah. of them. And he's now huge. that he's lost that much weight and his physique just looks a lot more athletic. Playing next uh, I'm to right somebody- there with you, Dustin. I, I I agree with you on that.
2: It'll help him a lot playing next to somebody as experienced his Christmas too. I mean, Christmas is a physical freak, but he's also savvy, which is why he's had so much success.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah he's good at drawing uh, double teams to help and set up the cool. other guy to make go plays. Go ahead,
2: go ahead and give Marvin Wilson a one-on-one with the yeah. set. Oh, yeah, no, But yeah. I think
0: the defensive ends are a little interchangeable. I'm still kind of worried about Burns just because of his weight for a defensive end, but he's you know he's been adding every year since his true freshman
2: season. Yeah, he's and- and they'll take Generous Robinson in there if it's a real run-only situation. Yeah, so
1: J-Rob I, is looking big too. How about him? His offseason yeah, seasons looked good.
2: You want him to get off the bus first. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> he's been looking good. Another, another thing I want to talk about is a little bit of how – maybe this d-line might help the offensive line. They're going to be going one-on-one a lot during this fall camp. I want to see if this d-line since we already know what they're all about, they got the talent and everything if they'll help out this offensive line so then they prob- can you know cuz they're going to be going against Clemson and yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, but the fun. problem
2: with that is the the talent is just not there like I it does it definitely does help to go against the best defensive line or the second best that you'll see all year. But, I mean, they also did that last year and the year before and weren't very good. And I think but so really for like the first
1: half, tackle. though, for FSU at Clemson, I don't think the offensive line looked god-awful. I don't think it was something. I think Clemson
2: poor. had, like, five sacks and ten tackles for loss. I'm not uh, saying not,
1: that. I said six, first half. Note first yeah, half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> note I'm the not first sure half, half. But but they
2: ate us alive. And yeah. they Even, like, Wake Forest ate our offensive line alive.
1: And that's called coaching. That's where I put that straight coaching I, with.
2: I, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's, there's talent on the offensive line. I mean, on Johnson was the number one center in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Jawan Williams, who has a chance to start this year, was a four-star. Landon Dickerson was a four-star. There's talent there.
1: I think it goes, by the way, just to let you know before players tweet us or whatever, it's Juan. So I'm just making sure you know. What are you talking uh, about? It's Juan Williams. No way. Yeah, you haven't seen it on you know, Instagram, Twitter, Juan, Juan. Bro, it's Jawan thought it was Jawan maybe I'm, I don't know it's, it's definitely Jawan we'll have to someone needs to uh, let us know in the comments because I don't
0: know I'll say know. I'll say juan you say Jawan
1: <laughs> it's J-A-J-U-A-N. Juan. Juan. I have a friend that's named j u a n and it's Juan
2: that's yeah but no but it's a, there's two things <laughs> you're right you just spelled Ju- you just spelled juan but j a j u a n is Jawan
0: oh no, there's only one j there's only one j that's it's not j right. It's J-A-U-A-N. Yeah. Okay. That's how that's how it's spelled.
2: J-A-U-A-N. 24-7. Let me look this up. We can take this out.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. This is fine. No, this is organic experience right here. This is what... Dude,
2: Ja, Juan. Uh, this is clear-cut as it gets. J-A, Ja. Maybe, maybe the
1: players call him Juan just to mess with him. Maybe. Yeah, Juan. He's, he well, likes they call to him... play around in the, in the uh, locker well, the last room and stuff. Thing...
2: People who go by Jawan or people whose names are Jawan often go by Juan or Juanie, just because it's like a nickname.
1: Now, Juanie's a good one. That's that's a good one.
2: They call uh, it Florida. You know, UF's offensive tackle is Jawan something, and he goes by Juanie.
1: Here, here we go. All right, this is good for social media. Pick your biggest hitter on defense. Each one, both of y'all. Biggest hitter. Biggest hitter. We're talking nasty hits. Really and I, I, and I want to, to, to talk about like like trash talking. Like that's what Taggart wants to bring back I, I got that nasty mine. defense. Got Who's going to be the nastiest player on defense with the biggest hits and trash I talking?
0: Personally, I think it's going to be Stanford Samuels. He kind of he reminds me
1: <laughs> I like it.
0: Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Jalen Ramsey. He brings yeah. a lot of physicality and just emotion to the game. Absolutely and wrong. Big,
1: Absolutely wrong. Well, like, his, like
0: his father, that I mean, think he's going to bring some big hits to Florida State.
2: All right, I like that pick. I think Hamza Nasruddin is a bigger hitter than him, and I think it's easier to line people up from safety, so I think he'll have more big hits. But I think I think Sanford is way more physical than his frame would entail because he's pretty thin, but he tries to crush people all the time, which is awesome. But uh, I think Hamza lines up a few people and just crushes them
1: this year. Ham- Hamza is definitely – was my favorite last year. Uh, I know Emmett Rice is a big hitter, but we only really saw oh, yeah. him during special teams, but Emmett Rice
2: has no regard for his head. He
1: doesn't care about who's in front of him. As, <laughs> if you're wearing a different colored uniform, uh, bye-bye. But uh, I'm going to go with somebody who I think's verbal already and showed a little bit of being a trash talker. Uh, I'm gonna go D Jack. Uh, he's, he showed us a little bit last year. Uh, Pump coming straight up the middle and absolutely annihilating yeah, people. Uh, he has a lot. He he has a chip on his shoulder, too, coming into this season. He has four chips on his um, shoulder. He has a lot of bags. Free DJ. Right yeah, he's got a lot of... Uh, Remember lines. that? Yeah, yeah, I know. There was, they, they there was wouldn't, a lot of controversy. Jimbo
2: wouldn't even play him. He wouldn't even let him get off the sideline.
1: Yeah. so Probably our
2: most yeah. talented linebacker, maybe second most behind Matthew Thomas, and they wouldn't mm. even let him get off the sideline.
1: Yeah, so welcome... Yeah. Welcome to D- Dontavious Jackson's world. Come Labor Day night <laughs> against Virginia Tech because there's going to be a lot of cracking going on.
2: I'm here for
0: it. Yeah,
1: and I think a I think a
0: dark horse big hitter could really end up being a Declan Brooks because hmm. he he's a smaller he's definitely a smaller linebacker. He's only like five ten, but he he brings the wood. I mean, he, there, he has also has ever been
2: a smaller linebacker who who hit really hard at Florida State. I feel like Brooks is pretty. I can pretty only good think of one. Team. A short one. I feel like Brooks is pretty familiar.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know what I think about? You know who I relate Dontavious Jackson with is uh, Nick Moody. With I like how that. just like how he's built, arms wise, physical frame. Nick Moody was a uh, physical freak. Just Google him for a little bit. I know we had, had Nick Moody on
2: FSU last year. Or with something special. Yeah, Nick I know. Moody. Nigel Bradham, Vince Williams,
1: that's something serious. It was it was silly stacked. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's everybody on defense, if I'm correct. Uh, we kind of covered everything. This is just getting ready for fall camp preview, guys. There's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out this next week and the week after. Uh, we just want to do a preview. I know this is going to go out tonight. Uh, hopefully we'll have a good uh, recap. Of the SNL event, Saturday Night Live with Willie Taggart and the Seminoles. We'll probably get to that Monday, I would say. So expect that out by Tuesday morning at the latest. Yeah, it should be Monday night. Yeah, we'll be there. I'm excited. It should. There's a lot of Knowles in town for we had a lot of people stop by the Garnet and Gold retail store. And uh, they said they're in town. They're excited just to see what it's like. You know, I mean, if it, like I said, there's football going on in Tallahassee. People will swarm to it. So I think Willie Taggart will get his wish with ten thousand at least.
2: All right, I'll talk to you boys next week. Let's do it, do it again soon.
0: For sure. Hey guys, thanks thanks for having me on. It was a great time
1: yeah thank you guys for listening this is here the spear presented by Null game day you can follow us on twitter facebook and instagram and you can also listen to the podcast on google play itunes soundclouds and any preferred platform that you like we are everywhere thank you guys so much for listening and talk to you guys next time